And welcome to another episode of Shut Up and Invest. I'm here with the co-host with the most, Jay Money in the house. What's going on, everybody out there? How you guys doing today? Welcome, welcome, welcome back. We got, we got uh, in the docket today, Kev. We got the Columbia game. That is right. At yes. 7 o'clock, you know, we're wrestling. <laughs> he got his big, bird, his big Bird shirt on over there. That is, uh, <laughs> we got Colombia playing in the quarterfinals of Copa America against Chile. Chile. So we can actually do a whole show on breaking down the game, bro, but I don't think our our listeners hey, I might be, be interested. I used to be pretty good at FIFA back in the day, too. Ah, that's why know. you know a little bit about I know, soccer. Yeah, I learned all about it back in the day, man. I used to be Kiko in Spain. Ah, <laughs> wow, you went old school. Alonzo. Wow. <laughs> that was my went, team. You went old school on that one. So, I'm, I'm going to watch. I'm going to get home and watch that, too, so we can see how you guys do today. Yeah, man. Rules for Colombia. exciting. It's going to be exciting. I got my whole family getting together. It's cool because we use it as kind of like get everybody together, the food. We pull out the aguardiente, which I don't know if you ever had uh, aguardiente. Explain for they, us none. They call it fire water. <laughs> I have had that. <laughs> Let it burn in your chest. So let's hope Columbia wins. That need to be a part of this experience next time. Yeah, next man. Time. Oh, Listen. If we go to the semifinals and the finals, oh, you are definitely invited, bro. <laughs> It is a party. Is a I've been to World Cup parties in college and down here that started like 4 a.m. because, you know, some South difference. American or Latin American team is playing. Yeah. And they're up. Yeah, <laughs> they're man. up, ready to watch it's it. It's fun. It's fun. No, so, Miami's going to be going crazy right now. Miami, New York, there's a lot of concentration on Columbia's there, mm-hmm. but all over the United States. But anyway. Let's get to some real estate. Yeah. Get back to the real estate. Today, we're going to talk about we broke down... Um, what wholesaling is mm-hmm. in the world of investing. So I kind of wanted to touch base. I know you're talking about it all the time and I agree with you 100%, but um, you don't want to just label yourself a wholesaler and come into this business as a wholesaler. So you want to be a real estate investor. So let's get into kind of the premise of what that philosophy is. and and Definitely. Definitely. And the different ways you can make money as an investor. Yeah. I don't like the term wholesaler. To me, like wholesaling is a verb, you know, investors are now, <laughs> but we use the term wholesaler. But my fear is, especially right now, because wholesaling is such the hot, hot word, you know, everyone wants to wholesale, 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 is that, you know, you're wholesaling, which is your ATM, like everybody says, it's your cash flow that you're making daily. You know, but if you're not putting those funds into something that's going to create residual cash flow for the rainy days from the market changes, then you're not really gaining too much momentum in the long run. You know, and I've been, we've all been there. We know what can happen. You know, you can make a big wholesale check and then not get another check for two months and, you know, you run out, you know. So I know one thing that we're passionate about is teaching people how to invest, you know, because when you learn how to invest, first of all, as an investor, you can look at, you can look at each deal differently. And wholesaling is that's your only option, right? And you actually can do other strategies to make way more money long run um, by doing seller financing or buy and hold or whatever else you want to do um, besides just wholesaling. Plus the fact that a lot of wholesalers walk away from deals that we pick up and do things with because we have other you know, things in our tool belt that we can use besides just wholesaling. So yeah. I definitely want to break that down and kind of go into the, you know, the pro and the con of just trying to wholesale and how you become a rounded investor. Yeah. 
wholesaler, you can go back and listen to the show um, and we really get deep into it. But basically, this is someone who does the marketing to find a motivated seller. And then you get the price negotiated at a discount. And then you sell it at a wholesale discount with a profit margin on top or a finder's fee Mm -hmm. to another investor who then has plans for the property, whether it's become a landlord and fix it up and keep it or someone who wants to renovate it, assuming it needs work and then can turn around and flip it, Mm -hmm. selling it on market for a good deal. So wholesalers, one idea or one way of making money. You're a marketer. I think, I mean, the the number one, yeah, the number one thing with wholesaling is marketing and sales. You know, that's the main skill is you have to be able to market, you have to be able to sell. Now, I will say on the positive note, being a wholesaler is you'll never go hungry if you know how to find a deal and being able to give it to the right investor. I definitely, I totally agree. You're the golden goose. I totally agree because, Again, there's been times in my life where it's been like, oh, you know, I'm, you know, maybe I got some deals going on and some rehab properties and this where it's like, man, where's the money at? You know, but we have a skill set where we know how to go out there and find more deals and sell that deal that you're never stressed about. Okay, there's no money coming in, you know, because we can always get on the phone, send on some mailers, you know, find those deals and, you know, send them to your end investors. So you definitely, definitely want to, you know, you definitely, you definitely want to wholesale. Because if you're good at it and you have a database, it's going to keep the money flowing in. And then that money is what you're going to then use to become an investor. Right. So then um, another, let's break down the different profiles. So that's wholesaling. Mm-hmm. And then let's talk about being a landlord. So being a landlord, which means being a uh, buy and hold landlord, means you, you own rental properties, right? So, um, you know, that's the, the person who's looking for deals to create cash flow, residual cash flow. Um in my opinion, as a wholesaler, the best buyer to have is a landlord, right? Because their numbers aren't as tight as a flipper, you know, because they need to make cash flow. So they're not, they're not so much always worried about ARV, right? You always hear, what's the ARV? What's the ARV? A lot After of landlords, value yeah, a lot of landlords aren't so much tied down to the ARV. It's what's my cash flow, you know? Or my cap rate. Or my cap rate. Which, which basically is the rate of return. The rate of return on the, on the investment. Yeah. You know, so that's what a landlord is looking to add properties to his portfolio that create cash flow and not necessarily that he needs to be able to create a ton of cash flow today, but that when he pays them off or if they're, if they're about cash, whatever down the road, you know, five, 10 years from now is going to create the actual financial goal that he's setting set out to get. Right. Um, and those guys stay around, you know, they stay around because when the market crashes, the flippers are gone. Like the guys buying deals are the landlords because the smart landlords buy tons of deals when the market crashes, right? And they're buying, you know, they're buying deals in the good times too because there's always cash flow opportunities. Yeah. The flippers will be picking up properties. They will. And if they can hold on to them, then they'll turn around and flip when the market comes back up. But exactly. yeah, but landlords are basically collecting money the whole time, sitting pretty. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, now, you know, now guys, right now. <laughs> there's two types of landlords there's the ones that want to pick it up renovate it themselves and then not have a brand basically spanking new makeover mm-hmm. of a property so the phone calls of the complaints are less <laughs> because the property should be mm-hmm. basically they completely see. renovated and then there's the landlord who doesn't want to pick up a hammer and wants to find a property that the turnkey yeah, it's turnkey that already is ready to go and they don't have to do much so 
Just those two different profiles. Then there's a note holder. You want to break down what a note holder is? Yep, the note holder. This is the guy that he wants residual income from owning real estate notes. Okay, which again is, that's just a mortgage, right? So this guy, when you're the landlord, the main difference is this. When you're the landlord of a property, you're responsible for property taxes. My toilet insurance. broke. Your toilet broke at that 2 a.m. You're calling me. My manager, or if I'm managing myself, has to go out there and fix it, right? Vice versa, where a note holder does not own the property. They own the, the financial note, right? So They're the bank. They're the bank. So let's say... You know, I sell a property to Kevin. I started financing. I created a note. I'm the note holder. He's the homeowner. His toilet breaks. Fix your toilet, Kevin. Right. <laughs> you know, I don't own the home. You own the home, right? He pays the taxes. He pays insurance. He pays all the expenses. I get my principal and interest per month, right? right. So, so you're still receiving a monthly check like the landlord does, but you're just like Wells Fargo. You're not dealing with any other complaints. Mm-hmm. You're just collecting the monthly just collecting check. collecting the check, right? And usually I'm getting a larger down payment up front from the the person I'm selling the house to, right? right? They also know they're a homeowner, so there's a lot more invested usually. And especially if you're investing out of state, that's the, that's the number one way that I see it being done. Right. Um, people investing out of state. Now, let's talk about pros and cons between those two things before we move on to the next profile because I deal a lot with yep. these two worlds. I do too. Um, there's pros and cons on both and neither one is better than the other. It just depends on who you are as a person, what your personality is and what your overall goal is. Because if you're a landlord, there's the cons are you got to deal with problems of the property. Because tenants. you are the, you <laughs> got to deal with tenants who don't pay. Mm-hmm. Um, if something breaks, obviously it's your property, so you're responsible for a roof or an AC a furnace or, or plumbing or furnaces. I don't know what a furnace looks like, but <laughs> an AC down here. Yes, <laughs> I know an AC. <laughs> if it's the first time you this show, burst pipes. He has no idea what a burst pipe is in the middle of winter. We're talking about Miami market. <laughs> Versus this is a, this is a, this is a worldwide show. We got listeners over in Russia outside of there. Okay, <laughs> they know about furnaces. <laughs> so then we're talking about those are the headaches, but the pros. You got a property that's going up in value. Definitely, you got usually, <laughs> usually if you picked it correctly, and you got a lot of tax benefits tax because you can one. write off. The depreciation of the property, which basically means every year you you know is depreciating that property, so you get to actually there's a tax rule and mm-hmm. consult your accountant if you're planning to move into being a landlord that you could use to your advantage and save money on the rent that you're collecting, so you don't have to pay taxes on it um, or for the full amount. Uh, you have, like I said, the increase in value coming in. Um, any expenses, anytime you fix anything, there's tax advantages there. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if you're the note holder or the bank, you collect the check just like you do as a landlord, but you don't have to deal with any of those complaints. However, you still are on the hook if the person doesn't buy, except you're executing a foreclosure instead of an eviction. Listen, correct. A foreclosure takes longer. Correct. Um, you don't have appreciation of the property, meaning that property, if it's going up in value, that's not something that you're benefiting from because you're not the owner of the property, you're the bank. Mm -hmm. However, you are making interest Interest. 
Correct. So your appreciation on your money technically is tied in is the, the interest yep. that you're collecting on it. So you might have lent thirty thousand, but at the end of the ten year mark, you walked out with sixty thousand. So very similar to if you bought the house for thirty and turned it around and sold it for sixty. However, you don't have the same tax advantages because now it's pure income mm-hmm. and you don't have depreciation or uh, an AC expense that you had to fix to be able to write off against that income. So there's pros and cons. There's pros and cons sides. for sure. Yep. Also, um, also what you were saying too. I know a lot of people who are you know they're 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 cons versus note buying or note holding because eventually that property's going to fall off your portfolio, right? So like if your goal is hey in 15 years I want to have 500 doors and you're doing you know sort of financing deals, well those properties start to fall off. You know, right. I, I, my formula that I'm doing right now that I think is the best is to mix it. You know, you mix it. You know, you do a little bit of both. Um, yeah. You you hold rentals because you need, especially if you're, again, wholesaler versus investor. If you're a wholesaler, you're creating a lot of quick, quick income, which is taxed very, very high, right? My solution, number one, is I go buy rentals with that income that I'm fixing up for a few months that is going to offset some of that taxes, right? So right. And building your, essentially, retirement plan for the future. Mm-hmm. And if you're just doing sort of financing deals, then you're missing all those tax breaks. Right. Um, yeah, 100%. I like that. Now, if if you want to get into note um, being the bank, you know, you know the saying, the bank never loses, and and buying notes or whatnot, definitely go to shutupandinvest.com and talk to us because we can definitely help you out. But you need to have great relationships with private lenders, for example. So that way, if it gets paid off because a person refinances the property and pays you off or sells the property and pays you off, these type of relationships will continue to be able to mm-hmm. give you the next opportunity so that technically your money's always making money. Definitely. So there, like I said, there's pros and cons. There's pros and cons. You just definitely. need to know the right strategy and be connected with the right people. You need a good accountant. You need a good lender. You need a good wholesaler. You need to be running in the circles of high quality real estate professionals and investors that can keep your money working for mm-hmm. you. And then we have the, the rehabbers, the, the flippers. Rehab flippers. Yep. These are the guys who pretty much are, you know, looking for the short time, quick flip, you know, they're now again, most rehab flippers that I know also are landlords, you know, they're, they're usually flipping a home taking their money back out to put into a new home, taking some of the money back out to buy a, you know, a property to keep as a rental property or as a note holder. You know? But basically, a flipper is looking for a deal that they can get at a price where when they put in whatever the amount of repairs are, it is below where they can sell it for, and they're going to get that spread. right? So they're looking at ARV. ARV is the main number to the flipper. ARV, then what are my rehab costs? right? And these are guys who are buying to buy it, fix it up, sell it, Get out, get out of it quick. Go do the next one. Right. Um, You're kind of, I mean, what, you know, speculation is the word you hear sometimes, you know, um, but, you know, smart flippers know what they're doing. They're not, you know, they're not speculators, but. Yeah, the, 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 the benefit there is if you know what you're doing, and you have a good crew, you can make some nice spreads on some good properties. Mm-hmm. The con there is if you don't know what you're doing. You can lose. You can lose. <laughs> some or nice sometimes what I see people is they do great on one. They take four or five months to find the next great opportunity. And that crew 
that this they had for on. the first one has moved on to find mm. more work. That's a very that's a that's a key key point right there. Um, and all the things that you do as an investor, if it's not wholesaling, you need to have a good crew, right? And construction guys, contractors, there's I mean they're a different breed. <laughs> I love them to death, right? But when you find a good crew, you got to keep that good crew. You got to keep it busy because. They can't wait four months for a job. Exactly. They can't wait, you know. And then if that crew finds another guy who's got them busy, you know, good luck getting them back. Yeah, and that's the thing. You made $60,000 on that flip. So you're like, oh, I'm good for the next two, three months while I find the next one. I don't have the financial pressure of necessarily having to find the next one right now. But what you don't understand is that your plumber, your, the guy who laid the tile down, the guy who put the kitchen, mm-hmm. you're the girl who came in and helped you. You know, decorate or the guy. We don't discriminate. <laughs> whoever your interior decorator is, you gotta go is. find the next job. They need to be working every single month, making money. So that's some of the challenges on that side of the investing game. But okay. if you got it down packed mm-hmm. and it's what you like to There's do, a lot I of actually really enjoy doing rehabs. To be honest with you, um, if it was the only thing I had to do, I probably would you know, build a system and scale it and get a full-time crew and and do, you know, 20, 30 of them a year or more. Mm-hmm. Like I know People some of these them. guys are doing mm-hmm. them. Um, but again, like that's something that I personally feel if that's the type of investor you want to be. You're mostly going to be in that in that lane. Yeah. yeah most of the guys who I know are flippers are like the majority are flippers. I don't send them any rental properties. You know, they're, they're flipper guys because it takes so much time. and so much hands-on time involved. And the really good ones are ones that, you know, have a very, very good crew or can do some stuff. Like you said, a contractor is a great, great flipper because he can do the stuff himself. You know, right. he gets I, discounts and does himself. I am now looking into because right now most of my investing is just being a note holder, private money. Um, we do have some, some properties in our rental portfolio, but what I am looking for now is to find that deal that is under market value that we could pick up, renovate, refinance into a regular mortgage, get the money back out that was invested and have the rent pay for it Mm -hmm. with cash flow. So that you could send that cash flow, that extra two, three hundred, four hundred dollars after you make the mortgage payment that the rent's bringing in, send it on top of the mortgage payment to hurry up and pay that pay property off. off. So that ten years from now, there's thirty or forty properties completely paid off. Each of them bringing in anywhere between a couple thousand dollars yeah. uh, per property, anywhere between fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars by then, and um, and then that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm focused on that too. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely rolling a lot of my wholesale profits into properties that I'm going to hold on to, you right. know, either as a note holder or as a landlord. But you know? rehabbing that property from start to finish so that you don't have a lot of phone exactly. calls. So now you become that pseudo landlord rehabber where. It, that's not easy, mm-hmm. but I can do three or four a year at one a quarter so that I can continue focusing on everything else that we got going on. But to do a few of them per month. It's tough. <laughs> it, it's tough. On, it's tough. We're if, doing, I mean, we're doing a couple of rehabs per month right now in PA and it's, it's, it's a lot, you know, I actually had to make 
a whole division where you guys take care of that because as me still being a full-time wholesaler and investor and creating the notes, it's just too much for, you know, me yeah. to focus on that. You have to have somebody who you know can be a head over it, that's confident, you know. Project managing, project managing the whole thing, yeah. cracking the whip. Mm-hmm, definitely. Were you missing any other profile? Uh, I mean, there's some other smaller ones we can get into, but I think for the most part right now, you know, you got your wholesaler, your landlord, your note holder, your fix and flip guy. Right. Because you know? if you're, even, you're doing creative deals like seller financing and all these things, you're basically a note holder. Yeah. I mean, basically creative stuff. If you're doing subject two, you know, if you're wrapping something, you're doing, you're a note holder, you know, yeah. and Those it's just all creative um, type of ways to acquire properties and sell them, which we'll get into that in a whole nother show because that one's probably the higher level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, again, even with some of the more things as far as why you want to be an investor versus a wholesaler, we can get into some higher, higher level things. You know, I think the main thing is just that, you know, you want to be in it for the long run, you know, and so you want to create, the main goal in real estate was to create residual income. You know, that's the passive guys, income. that's the ones when they talk about, you know, the wealth is made from real estate. It's that passive income they have. You know, it's that 15, 20 doors that turns into, you know, a hundred unit one day that turns into like a, you know, two, 200 units. That's where you, you create the real wealth, you know? Yeah. So you should always be leveling up. You know, then you become a developer, you know, you just keep moving, moving the ladder. So start here, definitely. This is a great start, you know, and keep doing this, keep, keep creating that income, you know, but then go buy assets with that income. Don't go out and buy all the toys, <laughs> Yeah, you know, and invest. Because when you learn investing, you become a way better wholesaler because you can be, again, we're solving problems. You know, we're solving complex problems. And when you're, when you're an investor and you're to invest, you can see things differently. We can say, okay, that needs this. You know, I can't buy that as a wholesale deal. I got a call yesterday from a girl who she just bought the house last year. She's looking to move now. There's not much equity in the house at all. You know, as a regular wholesaler, it doesn't make sense. But as a subject to deal, I found out her mortgage payment's pretty low. You know, like 400 bucks lower than the rent. And that's her mortgage as far as principal, interest, taxes, and insurance. That whole payment it's about 400 bucks less than what the rent is. Now, hey, maybe we can do a subject to deal, you know, where I take over the mortgage and then we get the income per month. You know, that's something that if you don't know that deal, you just walk away from the deal. You know, right. if you don't know that strategy, you just walk away from the deal. Yeah, you don't know investing. No, and so. subject to, again, We're things that we'll get into for creative finance, but that's basically I'm taking over that property subject to you leaving the mortgage on it. And I'll take over mm-hmm. and I'll make myself responsible, even though that mortgage is still under your name. And then I will find someone that's going to pay or rent it, for example, mm-hmm. and then I'll continue paying for it. So there's a lot of different ways to different get ways. into real estate investing. <laughs> it's like art, man. Just get creative. Real estate is really an art. I mean, get creative. There's some things I'm like, man, I'm a, I'm a Picasso in this game right now. <laughs> You know, like you got to see yourself as a as an artist, you know, and get creative out there. Yeah. You know? And if you're stuck, reach out to someone else that knows what they're doing. Get another pair of eyes and ears in it and they might be able to introduce you to an idea that you didn't even look at or. Because that happens every day to us. I'm like, man, wow, you can do that. OK. Yeah. yeah. And having attitude. a good attorney is also good because they can tell you. Hey, uh, an attorney that thinks outside the box, not a super conservative one. You want someone that protects you and has a conservative side, but also says this is the guidelines that we can work under and here's the pros and cons. And that is always clutch into your investing game. So anyways, we wanted to make this show quick and dirty, break down the difference between just being a wholesaler and being an investor and, and, uh, 
and hopefully keep giving you guys information. I mean, you know, we're here to help show you guys how to be an investor, you know, so that's what we're going to do. Provide, yeah. you know, and if you're a real estate agent out there right now, listening to the show, listen, you definitely need to connect with us because if you're just a traditional real estate, you are leaving so much money on the table. Definitely. Become a specialist. You're, you're going to have plenty of the regular realtor deals regardless. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, look at Jay. You've walked away from how many markets? <laughs> and most realtors are tied that, to yeah. their market where they've built their database. They're, you know, oh, no, I, I, I have these listings and I have these buyers that want to move into their first house. And how can I move to another place? And you've been able to do real estate in so many different Mm-hmm. Um, market outside the box, you know, and you've lived in like twenty different cities. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna have a whole special session for the realtors because I'm I'm here for you guys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, if you got to change, you got to adapt. So that's gonna be a whole yeah, other. Just add it, add, add something to your what you're doing. Exactly. Yeah. We're not telling you to stop being a no, realtor. definitely that. But I'm not the one who says, "Hey, give up your license." I have my licenses still, and right. there's times where I still use it, and there's markets where it becomes very, very effective, but. You got to add it because the things are changing, man. The computers and everything else is changing. You got to be on top of that. Be so. a specialist. Definitely. All right. All right, man. Good episode. Appreciate it. Appreciate the love, the support. Again, hey, reach out to us. I'm, I've been getting a lot of hit, you know, messages about people asking about no one investing, you know, because they see we talk about that a lot. So, you know, feel free to hit me up in the DMs and There's Instagram. No stupid questions. Facebook. Leave a comment on YouTube. We watch that, you know. Ask questions, man. We started from scratch. So, yeah. Leave some reviews. Show some love. Like, share, subscribe. (laughs) We are out. All right, man. Peace out. Shut up and invest. Hey, thank you once again for listening to Shut Up and Invest. If you guys are motivated at the thought of continuing your real estate journey with us, then visit shutupandinvest.com. There you can join our community and take advantage of more free resources. And don't forget, please like, comment, and subscribe to this podcast so you're first to hear our new content every week. Most importantly, get active and don't forget to shut up and invest.